If it's happening now, we're talking about it. This is Hamilton Today with Scott Thompson on 900 CHML. Uh, to talk more about all of this, Al Mikheloff is with us, marketing manager with the Canadian Warplane Heritage Museum, and here now. Al, thank you for the time. I hope you're well. Yes, I am. Thank you, Scott. Uh, yeah, it was quite the announcement uh, on the uh, at our 50th anniversary gala on Saturday by our president, Dave Rohr. And uh, I, I was just looking at our calendar here, and actually... 50 years ago, this Friday, uh, was when we first arrived in Hamilton. We had one aircraft. Uh, Dennis Bradley flew a Firefly into Hamilton. We rented some space at the back of the hangar. And uh, who knew at that time it would grow into this uh, world-renowned museum that we have right now? I remember, uh, obviously not quite that far, uh, that long ago, but as things started to accumulate and uh, going around the museum in the earlier days, I'm not going to say the early days, but it was fascinating to me just finding pieces on the floor as these planes were in the midst of restoration at some point in time. It's quite fascinating to see all of that in the work and, and the meticulous work that goes into restoring these planes. Oh, and, and we love doing it. That's uh, m- Many of the aircraft that you would have seen in pieces uh, many years ago are now flying examples uh, sitting in the museum today. So uh, this all started way back when with one plane and then obviously uh, has, has grown to what it is now. Uh, where do these planes come from? How do you acquire them over the years? Well, most of them come from donations. We're, we're a nonprofit organization. Uh, We're not government-funded. We do receive some limited funding, but not specifically to go buy aircraft. So we rely on donations, uh, and that's how many of the aircraft have arrived. Sometimes there's a handful of guys who see an aircraft, they pool their money, and they think we should have it, so they, they donate the money with the intention of buying this particular aircraft. So let's talk about the new ones that uh, were just announced this past weekend and, and what they've added to the collection. Tell us what they are. Sure. So we've, uh, we've added three significant in aircraft, a Supermarine Spitfire, an Avro CF-100 Canuck, and a North American Sabre. Now, regular visitors to the museum will say, well, wait a second, I've seen all of those aircraft up in your museum, and, th- and they're not wrong. Uh, the Spitfire has actually been in our building for 25 years. Uh, the Canuck and the Sabre have also been there for many, many years, but they've been on loan from the mm. Canada Aviation and Space Museum in Ottawa. Uh, they're known as Ingenium now. And uh, they've been on loan for us that long. And just uh, just last week, they uh, decided to uh, transfer ownership to us and give them. Now, what's uh, what's different about it now is we couldn't touch those aircraft when they were in our museum. We couldn't uh, we couldn't paint them. We couldn't do anything to them. So they were they were a little bit of dust collectors. But now we can get into it, and we've decided to uh, to take the Spitfire and restore it to flying condition. So of the almost fifty that you have uh, that are housed there, how many of these uh, are airworthy? Uh, we, we fly regularly about 15 of the aircraft. There's a few that few more that are airworthy, but we choose not to fly them. Uh, and what goes into restoring something that has to be airworthy? Obviously, that's different than something you're just doing for cosmetic re- uh, reasons. Is that accurate? Yeah. Like, uh, for example, with the Spitfire, now it's, uh, it's virtually a complete aircraft, and we consider it almost like uh, you would like a a car barf, um, barn find. You get right. to see this uh, and 
you don't get this too often in airplanes in these days. So it's virtually complete, uh, which is a great sta- uh, starting point for our restoration. But it is going to require a full restoration. We're going to tear apart the aircraft. We're going to send the engine out to a professional over- overhaul shop in the U.S. And we're going to have to obtain a new new propeller. Um, this, uh, you know, as this donation just happened, um, our first step in the restoration will actually be a fundraising campaign, which we'll launch in the spring. And in the meantime, we'll probably, uh, well, no, we will do an assessment of the aircraft just to see what is actually required for the restoration of this, this airplane. Now, the nice thing being, it is virtually complete. So we're not going to be searching the world for a new throttle component or, or things mm. like that. I'm sure there's a few things we're going to have to replace, but it makes it much, much easier. How world-renowned is this museum? Well, I think uh, we're, we're fairly well well known around the muse- uh, the world these days. Uh, just to give you an example, in, in 2014, uh, we flew the Lancaster. It took 18 hours to fly the yeah. Lancaster over to England. Yeah. Uh, we flew it for almost two months around around the country, going to different air shows and events. And we estimated it, we put the aircraft in front of 10 million people. They, they have some pretty big air shows over there. So I, I, And, you know, you see the attendance of people coming through the museum. They're, it's Japan, Germany, France. It, it's everywhere, and especially England. So uh, people, we're a destination for a lot of aviation enthusiasts and, and non-aviation enthusiasts. Al Mikloff with us, marketing manager with the Canadian Warplane Heritage Museum. If you haven't, you got to check them out. Uh, 50th anniversary gala just celebrated recently and three more acquisitions that were kind of there anyway. Al, uh, thanks much for the time. Be well. Good luck for the next 50. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900CHML and online at 900CHML.com. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.